The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Michael Kist. Are you caught me not listening again? Benjamin Solak. You never listen. It's the Kist and Solak Show. Presented by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. You are flying high on the Kist and Solak Show. This is episode 213, brought to you by the fine folk at SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I am your host, Michael Kist. Follow me on Twitter at Michael Kist NFL. That's K-I-S-T, as always. Joined by the best doggone co-host in the game, Mr. Tenure Streak Without a Bad Day. He is Benjamin Solak. Follow him on Twitter at Benjamin Solak. That's S-O-L-A-K, Ben. Boy, we got stuff to talk Any about. Any major takeaways? Yeah, so defensively, you know, I thought Slay, you know, up and down game, but like, okay, yeah. hold on. Biggest narrative from this game, the Jordan Howard touches. Just unbelievable. Javon like- Hargrave really coming on, right? <laughs> Had the sack. Look, Jalen Hurts. <laughs> we might as well just come out and talk about it. In this loss for the Eagles, that was their probably most exciting loss of the season because of the storylines that are going to sprout forth from this what if they had one oh man mike imagine if they had one imagine if he had just scored just a tie right the whole vibe changed when he came in then you had the punt right. return from from rager for the touchdown like this thing was headed towards like oh man this is going to be nuclear if they end up winning this game because the question then becomes and i still think there's validity in this question why does the entire vibe of the eagles feel different when carson wentz is on the bench right and 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 I would say, like, I think the first thing you have to say is that when Hertz came out, offense got easier. Yeah, recognize the situation. Let's 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 be clear with this because recognize the situation when Hertz came in. This game was pretty much yeah. over. They were playing soft defenses. We're right. Yeah, we're gonna get right, right. We're gonna we're we're gonna yeah. get there. I think that like what what like there's a lot of truths. There's a lot of realities, and there's a lot of inter- interacting parts, and that's been the nature of the Eagles and and you know split power structures and their weird roster building and everything. But we should start with fundamentally by saying like Hertz came in and played better than Wentz did in a vacuum. Remember when we talked after the Seahawks game and it was, you know, uh, uh, Lewis Riddick and it was saying like, you know, you can't evaluate Carson Wentz in this context. The context is so bad. And it's like, no, you can. He's playing poorly. And if you put Jalen Hurts in, the offense is probably still going to be bad because the offense is bad. Yeah. But there's a chance he alone plays better. Right. And what did Hurts do when he came out? Immediately, he he comes out into the field and just starts breaking the pocket. Yep. Just three-step drop. Oh my gosh, media pressure, break the pocket, right? And so you have on the, uh, you know, the, the, their first drive with him was a punt, right? That was the one where they had, uh, you know, he had a, a, a 
uh, scramble, and then he had the deep pass to Jalen Rager, and then you had the Boston Scott run, right, where they've got, you know, Jalen Hurts is the, the threat to run, so it's an extra player in the box. That gets called back for the holding. They have to punt. Okay. Which was so deflating because it was like, oh, my right. God, here's a spark. Beautiful throw to Rager, who made a play on a ball in the air, which he had struggled Great. with. Rager, Rager, for the first time, like, no-nonsense release. He just right. got upfield, outran Kevin King. He still looked back for the ball way too early, but he, like, released yes. and just sprinted. Perfect. All right. The next drive is a touchdown drive. Opens the drive with two scrambles. A first and 10, 10-yard 10 scramble, and then a first and 10, 13-yard scrambble. It's two first downs. Mm-hmm. When was the last time an Eagles drive started with just two first downs? <laughs> and, 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 and the only reason they got him is because, in part, Packers are playing soft zone defense. They don't have a QB spy. They didn't plan for Jalen Hurts. But in part because when the pocket starts to collapse around him, Hurts has athleticism, confidence, and good ball carry, vision, and ability, tackle breaking ability, whereas Wentz has none of these things right now. So it's just Hurts playing better than Wentz. That happened. It and, and and it should have been expected. It should have been seen a month ago. Yeah. Hurts because you. How are you going to play worse than Hurts or worse than Wentz? Right. It's not possible. I mean, with the- you have to actively actively be trying to point shave if you were playing worse than than Wentz. So Hurts played better than Wentz, and that's part one. And it should be expected because when you so look at part two, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> when when you look at the Eagles, the Eagles' issues: lack of separation, lack of a lack of pass protection. Jalen Hurts was more calm, more comfortable within that and working outside of that and thus was allowed to extend players better than the plays better than Carson Wentz was. That should be expected. Now, can Jalen Hurts, and maybe we'll see this in the film, is he coming off his first read too quickly? Is he just looking at his mm-hmm. first read? What is he processing? Right. I don't know. I don't have nearly the sample size or the film to evaluate him on that. But as far as just those parts, those two parts, separation and 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 protecting a, a bad line from looking worse hurts mm-hmm. was able to do some things in those situations and that again like you said should be expected right and that makes the offense easier right that's that's what it is like i, I wrote about the fact that the eagles should continue to start jalen hurts for bleeding green and he alleviates the stress as an offensive line with wentz back there wentz is a statue who's not going to escape pressure so if you lose you lose mm-hmm. with hurts back there if you lose Sometimes it doesn't necessarily immediately equal negative play, sack, fumble, interceptions, on and so forth. Right. Uh, wide receivers with Wentz in there. If you're not separating right away, right where he expects you to, this is an incomplete pass. Or you're not even getting the ball thrown to you. Yeah. With Hurts in there, I do think, I, I, I'm pretty sure I saw him miss a read or two. I also saw, saw him hit a first read or two. Yeah. And, all right, if you don't separate right away, because this team struggles to separate, guess what? He can extend plays much better than Carson Wentz can right now. So that he he alleviates, and in that way, he a little bit elevates what's what's a bad offensive line, a bad receiving core, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So you start with that. Then you uh, accept the reality of, on that touchdown drive, the Packers were literally, they were rushing for sitting in zone. Yes. I think they blitzed one time. They had no QB spy. They were just sitting there and letting Hurts take underneath stuff he wanted it, and he did. Then, of course, obviously, you end up getting yourself to fourth and 18, right, which is never where you want to be as a team. Like, it's not like they, like, walked it down the field. They were at fourth and 18. They went for that. Right. And and Hertz makes a tremendous play. He makes a great throw, great throw on the run, and that's why he was highly drafted because he has that ability. So you get you get that touchdown, and that's awesome for Hertz. It's awesome for Ward. It's a big boon to everybody. That's great. Then you get the next couple of drives. They, they come out with a QB spy, and Hertz takes a sack. It's a lot harder for him. He had no scrambles in, in that 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 drive, sixteen to twenty three. Right, you, it was still give yourself some game. credit because I was going to put out there, hey, they're going to bring a guy down. They're going to start spying this. You had tweeted it out, and immediately 
They had a spy. They bought, brought pressure. Right. The pocket collapsed, and it was it was done. So that was it. Right. Well, so I'm gonna you know completely take a whiff of myself here at the end of this. Don't worry <laughs> about it. Um. Right. And then you have the interception drive, which is a not what when Hertz is built to do because you have to be dropping back. Right. You know, you know play action the running game. It's not gonna be there to to help things for you. He put like a decent ball on Fulgham. It looked like it was late. Fulgham didn't know it was coming. Fulgham probably messed most of that up. And then obviously he throws the interception where he's getting hit on it. And that was a big part of Hertz's negatives coming out of Oklahoma was that he would kind of sit in the pocket, try to throw from these tough angles, try to force things in with his arm, not see underneath guys, and then, and then, and then throw picks. So you get the full experience, right? Yeah. Which brings us to what we've talked about before with installing Jalen Hurts into this team, which is in a vacuum, He's probably going to play better than Wentz. But offense overall, while getting better quarterback play is going to help, this offense is is too bad to sustain a second-round rookie quarterback's up and downs and t- suddenly be good. 100%. Right? So that's why you've had this reticence from Philadelphia, and, and you see that just in, in the Packers kind of adjusting and tightening down the clamps when it suddenly becomes a one-score game, is that it, it's not difficult to stop the Eagles' offense with Wentz in there, and it's not difficult to stop the Eagles' offense with Hurts in there. Both are going to make mistakes. The Eagles don't have a, a very you know innovative passing game right now. They don't have a very effective uh, pass protection unit on the offensive line, and they don't have very good receivers. So you can still clamp things down. Hurts isn't a panacea. He doesn't solve all of your problems. The The... The insistence on starting him short term is that he clearly does at least a little bit make the offense better. Yes. He at least gives you some juice. There was the spark. The team is interested in playing football with him, for God's sakes. And secondly, long term, it's clear that Wentz isn't going to turn it around this year. Wentz is not going to get better under this coaching staff, with this offensive line, with these wide receivers, with Jalen Hurts behind him. It's not going to happen. And people are saying, if, if you want, does it does it shoot? You know, does it shoot his confidence? Does it kill his confidence? If you bench right. him right now, brother, watch him. If, you ain't saving his confidence <laughs> by playing him. <laughs> and that's what it is, right? It's it's if if you want to say to yourself insistently, and, and, and we've said this since the Rams game, and we've said this every way through, the primary goal is trying to recover Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. With every passing week, it looks less and less likely that that's possible. So if you're going to do that, I don't think you can do it with this coaching staff because it's clear they're not on the same page. You clearly need to get better wide receivers and you need to prove the offensive line. That's not going to happen this week. <laughs> you're not going to get new coachings, coaches in. Yeah. You're not going to get a new offensive line in. So if if you're predicated as the owner on, on fixing Carson Wentz, on, on re- resuscitating and reviving his career, then that is a off-season project, and it's a long shot at best. So even if you're going to take it, you need to take it very seriously over the off-season. Right now, playing him isn't helping. Mm-hmm. So benching him as the alternative to playing him is the option. Whereas once you even look to, oh, maybe we're going to have a quarterback competition. Maybe we won't start Wentz. Maybe we're going to shut the door on Wentz. It's sunk in cost. We're done. Well, then definitely starting Hurts is the better option because you're going to A, see what you have, and B, give him experience. And even under these negative contexts, there's a chance this experience helps him develop. It slows the game down for him. He'll be better the next time he's out there when he has better receivers and better coaches and better offensive lines. So short-term and long-term, you benefit from Jalen Hurts. Even though your offense is still going to suck because you, everything sucks about it and the quarterback just is kind of not as bad, has a few more ups and a few fewer downs, even with that reality, the team is better. Yeah. Which then brings us to the penultimate question, mm. or the ultimate question, I should say. Doug said that he put Hurts in there because the offense needed a spark. Buddy, what have you been looking at for a month? Oh my god. That's 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 the reasoning you use a month ago, right? 
Right. After after the stretch where, like, okay, they put up some points against the Steelers inexplicably. I think they put up the most points against the Steelers. Top five defense out of anybody else in the NFL. Uh, totally weird. Feels like forever ago. <laughs> you put up points against Baltimore, right? After that, when the wheels come off, the wheels have been off. The, you need you needed a big lighter a month ago. So for that to be the answer is weird. But, like, Doug is always weird and awkward in these post-game pressers, and he never gives you the answers that you want. But I right. really... He said he wants to look at the films, like, figure out who he should play, and it's like, Chief. Okay, brother. Yeah, absolutely. Let me tell you what the film's going to show you. Right. And, and Wentz ain't playing well. And that is the other question. So you're saying definitely next week, Hurts, you think, is the starter. because Oh, especially I'm... if Taysom Hill is the starter for the Saints. Are you kidding me? <laughs> right. And, and, and it is. It right. does suck. That you have to that you have to start him against the Saints, who's a really good defense. But guess what? If you didn't put him in the third quarter of a three-score game on the road at Lambeau Field, you wouldn't be dealing with this problem. You could have set him up to start against the Seahawks. You could have set him up to start against the Giants, which I guess the Giants are actually pretty good defense. That doesn't make any sense. You could have set him up to start <laughs> against the Browns. You had this opportunity to get him a better environment for his first start. You neglected it. Mm-hmm. You passed it by, and now you're going to get forced into starting him against the Saints, who are going to mess him up. Yeah. That defensive line is going to murder him. And this is what you've you've chose. That which you have wrought. And so this is what the frustration is. Is is I don't think that in any way they've like missed their window to make things good with Hurts, but now it feels like they're starting Hurts as an exasperation as they've finally exhausted the possibilities with Carson Wentz, which is true, but that happened a month ago. And if you had been honest with your situation and you had been cognizant of the fact that short term, you're not going to compete in the NFC East, short, you're not going to compete in the playoffs, even if you do with the NFC East, you could have made this decision under better circumstances, <laughs> but you didn't right now. I don't think it's. I don't think it's going to go well. I don't think it's going to go well either. Like, but it's okay, what people, you have to do. People were, and I, maybe we'll get into some things like, what are some annoying things you're seeing in the mentions as far as like what people are talking about? But like, right. people think all of a sudden I'm because I said some nice things about Jalen Hurts, or I said that hey, Darnell Savage made a really great play instead of like bashing Hurts for throwing a pick on you know when his hand got hit on the follow through. Oh, would you say that about Winston? Somebody said that in my mentions. Would you say that about Wentz if he threw that pick? Well, number one, and me and that guy talked it out, and we were fine, but number one, one's a rookie, one's a five-year vet. That's very costly. We are not evaluating them on the same level. That would be extremely unfair and wildly unrealistic. Uh, number two, the thing that I'm saying, when I said that, that Hertz is is calm and controlled in the pocket and escaping the pocket and everything like that, I don't, I don't think you can really deny that one player is panicking, Carson Wentz, in the pocket mm-hmm. right now. We saw it. I think what it was the first or second drive where he just ran slap into pressure on third down, had no reason to do it, took a sack that didn't need to be there. And people have looked at this. Jimmy Kemsky has looked at this. I've heard Ron Jaworski say the same things. Half the Wentz, half the Wentz sacks are on Wentz because his pocket management has been bad. Jalen Hurts was more calm in this one. And people are saying, well, just give it time because that mounting pressure and so on and so forth. Well, you know what? Do you want to play the spooked horse or the one that's not spooked? If your right. argument is you want to play a spooked horse, I'm going to argue against that because, hey, he's kind of mentally screwed already. Let's play the young guy. And it's not going to ruin him. Hurts is a mobile dude. Hurts is a tough dude. He's a, he's run plenty of times. He can take the, the the physical pounding that's required in the NFL. But if you're telling me play the spooked horse just because, I mean, it's just it's so weird the way people are are attacking this thing. And it feels like you have to pick a side when the reality is the side is the Eagles. 
I want the Eagles to do what is whatever is accessible to that to them. I'm loyal to them. I'm not loyal to Carson Wentz. If Carson Wentz stinks, I don't want to play him. He has stunk for a while now. Right. 2017 Carson Wentz is not walking through that door. Now, if you're hoping for 2018, 2019 Carson Wentz, I think he was better than a lot of the the critics in Philadelphia media would say. However, I it's still an overpay for what you're expecting, right? And you still at this point where what do you do with this entire season? How do you, and judging him in this mm-hmm. context and so on and so forth, like you said, people say that you can't judge him in this context. I absolutely think you can. But if you can't judge him, you can't right. judge Hurts either. That's, right. That's, is there, right. Is, there's no doubt that Wentz would be better in a better context. Right. There's no doubt that if, if 2017 and 20 or 2018 and 2019 and 2020 had better players, Wentz would probably would not be as bad. But he is. Yep. We are here. They, like, you know. So lies Rome. This is what it looks like. Let's freaking deal with this, right? You, you are where you are. Uh, as we're recording this live in the post game, uh, Wentz was told when uh, uh, Hertz went in that quote he was only going in for the next play, next series. And so Hertz went out, had a six play series with what ended with a punt, right? In which they had the deep pass to Jalen Rager and then the big run in the holding. Right. On Boston's got the hold. And the Eagles browse like, that's all we need to see. Like, he's playing the rest of the game. Just that one right. shot. Because the, the team, like, did a thing. Oh, my goodness. I don't, okay. I don't. Okay, number one, I don't understand why the thinking would be just put him in for a drive. What are you planning to accomplish with that? What's the point? What's the right. point? I, I was positive. they were. I, I thought they put him in for a series and they're going to put Wentz back in. I was positive. Which, you know, I hate and that. And there's no I, objective. Right. But there's, yeah, there's absolutely nothing good with it. That's why I thought they were going to do it. That's what this coaching staff does. <laughs> so, obviously, the, the talking point for the entire week is going to be picking sides in this battle. Uh, Jalen Hurts, 5 for 12, 109 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Like I said, kind of feasted on soft defenses, made some plays with his legs, looked calm and controlled in the pocket. Isn't going to be enough to get this offense like over over the edge here. Carson Wentz also struggled. I mean, six for 15, 79 yards, took some sacks, some sacks that were his fault too. And just overall a concerning uh, performance from from the offense as Green Bay really just kind of ran away with this one to start. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben, uh, otherwise on the offense, you saw Jason Peters go out with the with the toe injury. Don't ask I guess. me anything about this offense. I have no <laughs> idea what they did. What are you talking about? There are other players on the field. I mean, Travis Fulgham had a pretty bad drop for for Jalen Hurts there, and he's had a drops issue for the past three to four weeks. People are asking why isn't he why is he yeah. playing and not, you know, why isn't why isn't Alshon Jeffrey sitting instead of Fulgham playing? Right. Well, let me tell you, I mean, from what I've seen from Fulgham from the past few weeks, has not been, been playing on, well. Has been playing well. Not right now, let me devil's advocate this right quick, okay? Now Fulgham should Fulgham still be playing, not, but please go ahead. Right, exactly. Fulgham has not played as well in the last four weeks as he did in the five weeks previous Mm -hmm. which like you know neither like the offense in general sucks right like Fulgham was after like leading the league in yards per route run in a terrible offense that was going to come down Mm -hmm. right like you expected that now he's had drops right he isn't winning contested catches at the same rate and he's not separating right and and he's never been a, a good separation player you know he's always been a contested catch guy he's always been in the Alshon Jeffrey mold the Eagles reference Jeffrey's blocking and route spacing. Aaron Moore had the wide receiver coach did when talking about Jeffrey playing over Fulgham. Mm. When a player like Fulgham, second year player, has not even been in your building that much, <laughs> plays as well as he did for those five weeks. You find a way. 
it is your job as a coaching staff. If you don't like the way he is blocking and spacing his routes, it's your job to freaking fix it. You don't bench him for Jeffrey, (laughs) right? He's got drops problems. Keep throwing him the football. Because if you can solve those drops problems, guess what you've got? You've got the guy that was there five weeks ago. Yeah. Who was playing great football. Like he showed you under the worst circumstances that he could be pretty good in this league. Mm. Is he going to be leading yards per route run every year? No. Is he going to be your wide receiver one? No. Is is developing Jalen Rager more important? Absolutely. But if you're going to take snaps away from this guy after a couple of, uh, he's had bad plays the last two weeks. So or he's got bad plays. So you're going to start taking snaps from him and you're going to put in a, a, a veteran who's awful. And talk about blocking and route spacing. What are you telling Fulgham? Thanks for those five weeks. That was great. We don't think that's real. We don't think you can do anything good. We have no faith in you. We're not developing you. That that's that's the thing. Like when we talk about talent acquisition and the young players in the Eagles, we talk so much about Roseman and drafting, and rightfully so. But this to me speaks to a massive developmental problem problem. They fell bass backwards into Travis Fulgham. And at the first sign of resistance, <laughs> at the first sign that he starts to crumble, they Wash their hands of him and give up on him? Right. You, you can't take that guy who had 15 targets, 10 catches, 150 yards, and a touchdown against the Steelers. You can't take back of the end zone against the Ravens. You can't take on the sideline against the Niners and the Giants and make something out of that player. You're a bad offensive coaching staff. Right. And I disagree, I disagree with the criticism like when you said, ah, oh, defenses are – I mean, okay, so Doug said defenses are doing things to take away Fulgham. Okay, number one, he's getting extra attention. Okay, that's cool. I want that out there on the field. Uh, number two – People are saying, oh, just scheme him open. Well, mm, I don't necessarily agree with that. If he needs to be schemed open, I mean, that's isn't that like a warning flag right there? Not only that, if you're going to scheme a guy open, if you're going to manufacture touches, shouldn't it be a guy like Jalen Rager, who was definitely better? I mean, hasn't been fantastic after the catch, had the punt return today. Hasn't been fantastic after the catch, though. Don't you want a guy with a little bit more juice taking those touches in space? And they did give Rager some juice, and, I, and, and I'll kind of transition to him here. But Doug Peterson said that Rager had a, had a, had a great punt return. He was a quote-unquote bright spot, but that he really doesn't want to overload him on the offense. What do you mean you don't want to overload right. him on the offense? Do you not want to have him put reps they out? They have this idea around like preserving what they're currently doing as if what they're currently doing is an absolute horse bleep. It's, like, what? Like... <laughs> It's absurd. What do you mean you right. don't want to like, overload him? What does that what does that mean? That's not that's not a paradigm around <laughs> which I can wrap my the tendrils of my brain. Right. They Jason Peters with the foot injury, mm. right? Guaranteed Peters is gonna play at 75% on on Sunday against the Saints. Because that's what they've done and that's who he is, and that's okay. Even though, like, do I think Nate Herbig is good? Absolutely not. Is it more important to give him the reps to potentially be anything yes and that's the point that we've been hammering home unsuccessfully um apparently nobody really knows if press taylor or doug peterson called plays carson wentz was asked about it and said uh he doesn't know about doug giving calls to press uh apparently when press calls plays he calls plays through doug so it's always doug's voice and just sometimes it's it's press speaking through doug all right that's interesting. Which, okay, if that's the way it works for you, that's but, the way it works for you. But again, I think both him, Rich Gangarello, all this talk about, we talked about this on the preview show, we might as well hit it up again, all this talk about him delegating play calling out, 
They are selecting from a menu that already existed. They are selecting from Doug Peterson's menu. If they're calling plays, they're calling it in a slightly different order, possibly, than Doug Peterson would have called them. This is not a fundamental shift in the offense. This is not a fundamental shift in the delegation of responsibilities. Teams do this all the time, especially with the two-minute offenses. Again, we mm-hmm. talked about it on the preview show. The head coach starts to take over more general game management things, telling his quarterback, hey, if we get a first here inside the 30 for inbounds, we're going to spike it. If not, we do this, so on and so forth. That's what the head coach is going to do in those situations, while the other guys take care of picking plays off of a menu that has not changed, that is not changing because it's somebody else's voice working through somebody else's voice. Anyway, now... Let's 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 get back to any any last thoughts on Hertz before okay. we move on because there are obviously it's that's going to be the big and only talking point and we're trying to like keep an eye on the timeline to see if there's any extra things said about like he's my starter or he did this really well or he did that really well but overall I mean I I really got to think it's super hard to go back to Wentz right now I think it would be a mistake I think Wentz mm-hmm. needs a couple weeks from the week to week grind to sit back, really think about this. And I asked you the question yeah. earlier, and I, I really wonder your thoughts. Why does it feel several times now this has happened that the that the offense, that the team just has a different vibe? I'm not trying to be like hot take. I'm not trying to be hyperbolic, but I think everybody feels this. When Carson Wentz comes off the field, it's a different vibe to this team. Does, does right, Are you what, concerned right. about that? I mean, like, yes and no. Because I would, I like. It's hard to quantify, right? It's hard to explain right. because we're not in the building, but like it does feel different to me, right? And and I I think it does. Like you know, you, I think it's very it's very very simple in a way. Wentz is playing poorly. Everybody knows that. Wentz knows that. Doug knows that. The entire offense knows that. The entire defense knows that. The entire fan base knows that. When he leaves, it's just a chance at something else, mm-hmm. right? You could be putting in Sudfeld. Like, it doesn't, it's not Hurts characteristic, I guess what I'm trying to say. Yeah. It's the guys playing poorly. And when he gets pulled, it's a, it's a communication to the offense that, hey, you're being held back to some degree by this guy. We're going to take him out, put somebody else in, and this might make the team better, mm-hmm. right? It's the exact opposite message in the opposite way that we feel when Alshon's in for Fulgham. Mm-hmm. And we're here like, okay, you guys are actively impeding yourselves now, right? It's, it's like, I can't even get excited about this Alshon catch because it, why is he there, right? It's, so it, there's that spirit to it. So I think that, uh, you know, to what degree it comments on Wentz's character leadership his demeanor i'm not sure you know what i mean like i saw somebody like you know they obviously they cut to wentz clapping it up after jalen hurts touchdown and somebody hit him with like the crying guy meme where he has the face oh the mask over his face where he pretends to be happy yeah, yeah. and like that like you know like, there's certainly like you know there's no way wentz is like stoked that jalen hurts threw a touchdown like let's be honest yeah um so i, I just think it's it's simply everybody knows wentz is playing poorly when he leaves there's an opportunity for a spark you know, Doug Peterson taught, like, that's the phraseology he used. Like, the offense needed a spark. Hertz makes that play. They put Rager out there to return the punt, which is, like, the first time they've done that since week two. Which, like, yeah. And, right. And, and, and like, that in and of itself is we need a spark. Like, maybe this very athletic first-round wide receiver who's been great at returning punts for his entire college career will be good at returning punts right now. Oh, ho, ho, look at this. <laughs> and that's, like, Rager creating a spark, yeah. right? So, that like, to me, that's just your putting new players in new opportunities with the hope of getting something. And in this case, obviously things caught fire for the Eagles there for a couple drives. Or I should really say one drive and then the punt return. 
then things fizzled out. That's okay. We're going to take a week. We're going to game plan around, you know, stoking more fires and being more sparky. I don't know whatever the metaphor you want here around Jalen Hurts. Which is so stupid uh, because yeah. we need a spark. He gave you a spark, but the idea was to pull him after that spark. I And again, I, I just. Well, no, I, I think, I think, I think once there was a spark, he was like, all right, now this is staying. You okay, know what I mean? Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I think that would be my, my, my assumption. Yeah. Um, But anyway, rest of the offense. Yeah, no, uh, obviously Rager had the nice play. On, on on the on the deep ball, that's nice. Uh, you know, Goddard looked good. Ertz was absolutely invisible. I thought my lot had a solid game. Driscoll had a solid game. Got beat on the one sack, but like other than that, I thought he was uh he was better than prior. If your fourth round rookie tackle yeah. who you thought as a guard is gonna be on one sack yeah, yeah. against Darius and Preston Smith, he had a solid game. Yeah. Um and then yeah, we I mean I think the, obviously the big narrative on the defense is figuring things out with Darius Slay, but we have to talk about that. After the break, we Mark. will. After the break, one last one last point on Hertz. I, I do want to say people talk about you know Wentz's confidence getting shot because of whatever this is, and you know I completely disagree with that because his confidence is already right. shot, and he's already been through this situation before. I will say about Hertz, I like the fact that Hertz has been through this type of situation before. To he's attack- so chill, man. Right, and he's 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 a guy that can really kind of like compartmentalize and take this on and and not let it like affect him mentally. He's already been through this. At Alabama with two attack of Iloa, and I thought he handled it like an absolute champ. So if there is a guy, if there is a, a positive takeaway, like from like, what if Hertz gets benched after this? Does it ruin him? I don't think it does. I think Hertz is just a great mm-hmm. teammate and probably a great teammate for for Wentz to have in this situation too, because of what he's been through and what Carson Wentz is currently and has gone through in the past. But we'll see how that all works out. We'll talk about some defense. We'll get to three words. Ben, you raise your hand. No, I realize maybe there's something else we should say about Jalen Hurts. Yeah. We're not thirty minutes in. Was it a good pick? No. Right. Mm-hmm. Hertz comes in. He <laughs> plays well against the Saints. He plays well against the Cardinals. They beat the Cardinals. He plays well against the Cowboys. He plays well against Washington. They beat the Cowboys. They lose to Washington. They go two and two with him as a starter. And he, uh, the Eagles lose the division. He competes for the starting job next year. We see what he looks like then. I still like, I mean, he could turn out to be a good starting quarterback, and I still think the pick was absolutely perplexing at the mm-hmm. time. I agree. Yeah, the right. pro- and the maybe about, you and, cannot foresee Carson Wentz falling off right. a cliff. That's like the this. thing. That's the thing. It's only a good pick. I will only give Howie Roseman and Iota a dot of credit for it. If he openly comes out and says, I thought Wentz was going to suck, so I got an insurance policy. <laughs> Otherwise, I don't buy it. Right. 100%. Last question on that Are you targeting quarterback in the draft? Early. Oh, too early. Too early. Too, too early. early. Yeah. Too early. But like if they end up with four overall. Okay. I wish you could see the face I'm making right now. <laughs> I think they have to consider it. But yep. at the same time, like, man, I'll be understand that they're in a terrible situation at the same time. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be a conversation as we kind of move towards draft season. But we're going to have a different conversation when we come back. We'll talk about some defense. We'll get to three words. We'll probably always circle back to this hurts once thing. Uh, as we probably will for the rest of the season. That's coming up next here on the Kist and Solak Show. And we are back here on the Kist and Solak Show, episode 213, reacting to this Eagles loss. I haven't realized I haven't even said the score yet. It was 30 for the Packers, 16 for the Eagles, which is less, which means they lost. And now mm-hmm. they are 3-9-1 and one, and eyeing uh, like around the top five pick in the NFL draft. But still, but still, as Doug Peterson will probably point out in his presser, very, uh, very close in the NFC East because that's the way things are this year. Ben, looking at the defense, there was a lot of criticism that I saw online for Darius Slay. Look, I get it. Uh, yes, 
DK Metcalf, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams. Like it's a murderer's row as far as like you're getting top five quarterback, top five wide receiver, like top top duos in the league right now. And Slay is close on a lot of these things. We also know that he's kind of banked up and whatnot. I'll give you this quote from Chris Long and see what you think about it. But he said, uh, quote, name search Darius Slay to see how fickle Twitter fans are. Guy's been good for the Eagles. It's almost like he's covering two top three receivers in six days. They pay those guys to end quote. Now, with that said, and I mostly agree with them because he's had a ton of tight coverage Mm -hmm. on some of these completions. The one that bugged me, honestly, was the nine-yard touchdown to Adams. Like, I don't know what he's waiting for to make that tackle. I get that he gets face masked later in the play, but if he's more aggressive, comes up and makes the play, that probably doesn't happen. Anyway, uh, there there are plays there. Yeah, you can disagree. It's fine. But I felt like, I mean, when, Adam, when Adams Gene has to make Sterator, the... When Gene, my boy Gene, comes on and says that should have been a flag. No, I thought it was a flag. Right. I, I'm about to say... That's the thing. Is like In any other season, if the Eagles are like five and five, nobody's like, oh, Darius Slay's bad. They're all going nuts about that no flag. But right. because nobody cares and we're all just anarchists right now, it's like, see, Darius Slay is bad. No, but I'm The saying, average I, Eagle fan is hunting down the Sterator household at this time. I didn't like the play before the face mask even occurred because he just kind of sat there and waited for Adams to turn and get upfield mm-hmm. and all that and waited for Adams to come to him when he could have been aggressive, drove through and, and made the tackle. But that's the one I, I kind of had an issue with. Other than that, I still have an issue with the fact that like this guy's name is Big Play Slay. And the big plays aren't happening for him. Yes, he has tight coverage. Yes, he's playing some doggone good wide receivers. But, I mean, honestly, you have to be somewhat disappointed in the performance over the past couple weeks with how much he's been gotten in these situations while recognizing that he has had tight coverage and they pay the other guys too, right? Absolutely. So I think where where I land on this for, for Slay, Metcalf killed him. Yeah. Metcalf beat him up. Slay had a bad... Game against Metcalf. First guy to say that was Darius Slay. Played a bad football game. Team needed me. I was bad. Bad game. Bad Slay. Against Adams, he was in the catch point on like three of Adams' receptions. <laughs> I know. Adams just making like even Jalen Mills. Like I felt so bad. Second and goal. Jalen Mills one of the best coverage plays I've ever seen Jalen Mills make. Blocks the ball down. Adams catches it with his shin. Adams did like when you drop your phone. Like he had one of those catches. Yeah. <laughs> right. So just uh, tremendous. Play by Adams. The you know the uh, the 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 deep pass where Avante Maddox was drop kicking to help in the coverage. Maddox is right there in the catch point, isn't able to break up the pass. Darius Slay on the first touchdown, right, immediately denies the inside route, which is like a little bit of a guess, a little bit of a situational. Like they just threw a slant at him. Lest we forget, on third and goal, he gets a beautiful pass breakup on a Devonte Adams slant. In case anyone doesn't remember this, which was an awesome play. Yeah, but then right, the next so he, play, he goes to cut off the slant. It's an outside release from Adams. He gets back in phase, and he plays through the catch point, and Adam survives the ground. Most receivers don't survive that catch. He, when you're a corner... He swatted at that thing twice on the way right. to the ground. What a, exactly. And he even made contact with it. And Adam's just ridiculous. Like, the, the fact that Adam's held on to that was absurd. Yeah. Right? And then you have the uh, so you have the, the, the touchdown, which, uh, you know, it's just a, 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 an explicit penalty. Uh, Slay's head is at 180 degrees to his body. Don't know why it's not called. And then you have the uh, the third the third down completion to Slay, which was our third down completion to Adams, the third and five the stop route on the vertical stem, in which Darius Slay went to plant his foot and he just ate turf. Right, we're like I don't know what the Eagles equipment managers were up to, but like Sanders couldn't plant, Slay couldn't plant. Right, like they had guys slipping all over the place, and actually you know a, a couple of Green Bay guys slipped as well. So perhaps the field's just slick. I don't know if they needed longer teeth in the cleats, but Slay goes to plant to drive on the ball. 
doesn't grab ground. Mm. So he spins out and then he pulls himself because he came in with a calf and then he hurt his knee. So to me, he played a adequate game against Devontae Adams. Adams has a thousand receiving yards this year. He's only played 10 games. He was averaging 100 yards coming into the day and he had 100 yards. He had an average game <laughs> against the Eagles. So yeah, no, Slay did not have pass breakup. Slay had two touchdowns when targeted. I think on a box score, it doesn't look good. Overall, was not frustrated with his play at all. And especially when you consider the fact that he's got absolutely zero safety help. They had Kayvon Wallace playing primary deep safety. It's just total garbage. I, I don't fault him for it. Metcalf was a bad game. Played poorly. In this game, he played well, and he lost. He, he lost contested balls. He lost a run after catch on a face mask. He, he, he lost it in, in the margins of which football is won and lost. Uh, on a large scope, what you are looking at is potentially Darius Slay's first interceptionless season since his second career year 2014 he's had at least two interceptions in every season so far he's at zero right now uh he's had at least 13 pass breakups in every single game so or in every single season again since his second season he's at four right now with four games left to play so you are looking at a historic low in production for Darius Slay Mm. you have to ask yourself is this because he's tailing off and you know he's on the wrong side of 30 and this isn't good or is this also something to do with Philadelphia's defense? And I, made, I, I, I believe quite strongly. Like, Darius Slade did not have a good season by his standards in 2019, and he had two picks and 13 PBUs. That's still very much within his frame of production reference. He's not getting it in Philadelphia because the defense isn't good in Philadelphia, Mike. Right. Because there's no other good secondary players. You say, oh, he's in man coverage. You shouldn't need other good secondary players. Absolutely, it helps to have a rest of good secondary. You have a safety who's impactful. You're going to get targeted less. You have a pass rush that regularly arrives. You're going to get more sacks and more pressures. And the Eagles have a, a good pressure base. They absolutely do. But it is to say that he moves to Philadelphia and immediately loses production. Sure, that tells you a little bit about Slay and where his talent is going. But it also tells you about Philadelphia. Will we look back and say they traded too much? They extended him too much? Perhaps. Well, let's not forget where we were at corner before him. Let's not pretend like Ronald Darby was playing better when he was here. Ronald Darby's also not playing better. Like, I've seen people be like, oh, Darby, Sewell, and Cindy Jones are playing better at their other spots. They aren't, guys. They aren't. They aren't being asked to do what Slay is doing, and they're not playing as well when they're asked to do it. Oh, no. Hold on. You're saying people are saying they're they're playing better than Slay. I definitely agree with that. But I think that they are playing better at their new spots outside of Philadelphia. Cindy Jones is, Russell Douglas is, Ronald Darby They're playing better than they were in Philadelphia. But... When Rasul Douglas is asked to play man coverage for Carolina, yeah, it doesn't right. look as good as when Darius Slay plays man coverage for Philadelphia. And I, I, I promise I you, yeah, you can go watch some players try to cover Devontae Adams if it'll make you feel better. I think Sidney Jones tried to be on him for a couple reps if memory serves when they play Jacksonville. <laughs> it's not pretty, guys. Uh, so so I, 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 it's permissible for me in, in that way. Now, on the other side, you have what might be the worst starting cornerback in the league, and I would argue anybody, go ahead and at me and, and try to tell me somebody who is getting more than 50% of the snaps or gotten more than 50% of the snaps for their team and is having a worse season than Avante Maddox. And who could have seen this coming at 5'9"? I mean, the the aesthetic of him against Alan Lazard, number one, you're poor, giving up eight baby. inches, poor Avante. Number two, he's playing like 10 yards off, right? Because he can't press the guy. What's he going to do? He's just going to get muscled right out of the frame by Lazard. But he's also playing 10 yards off of him, busting in coverage. Uh, Jalen Mills, I mean, same old, same old with Mills. Like Schwartz, I think, and I said this to you earlier today in the Slack, is a, is a good to very good coach with an absolutely abysmal eye for talent. And that 
plays very poorly in Philadelphia when he has as much power over personnel decisions as he does. I mean, you look at the linebackers, too. Nate Gary was a mess, and you look at what's behind him. Alex Singleton, total space cadet in this game. Unbelievably Man. bad. The touchdown to Bob Tunyon, where he just what, – what, why, why are you staring at Rodgers? Why are you ending okay, up 15 yards away? So Mills is away? aligned on Tunyon at the line of scrimmage, and then Mills drops like he's the robber. And Tunyon and, – and, and uh, whatever his name is, Alex Singleton, also drops like he's the cover one robber. Like, they both drop like they're, they are the underneath zone guys, and nobody follows Tunyon. Mil- so I don't know if it was if it was Mills or, or Singletary, uh, Singleton. I do not remember this guy's name. Singleton, But yeah. it's just – right. And what's hilarious is that, like, on the – earlier in the drive, they had given up a big deep pass to Mercedes Lewis in almost the exact same context. Yes. Which is the tight end releasing on play action, and, and both of them have their eyes in the backfield, and nobody knows who's supposed to be following him in man coverage. How this is the Green Bay Packers. This is their whole offense. J- Jalen Mills has, must be really good in those film room meetings because he is involved in so many busts where where he can like where right. he can say like, "Hey, that wasn't me. I was supposed to be Singleton's man. Hey, that wasn't me. That was supposed to be McLeod or whatever the case may be." Because he is involved in so many of these. But still, I mean, Singleton had to know that. It, it, he was in the vicinity of the tight end with Mills in front of him. When you're zone dropping, you have to be like, "All right, this guy's going behind me. I'm gonna sink." He had that. He had he had it happen earlier too, where he didn't robot the crosser, the deep over from Devonte Adams. So I think Mills didn't run with. By the way, another one where you're like, "Is it Singleton or is it Mills?" Either way, Mills is in Narnia, and Singleton has no idea how to get connected to a route. The linebacker play is just unbelievably poor. Uh, looking at, I guess we'll go to the, the trenches before we get to three words, which we'll do quickly. But Javon Hargrave, baby, been playing better in top 10 of pass yeah. rush win, weight, win rate for interior defensive linemen. Uh, he's not as bad as people think. I thought he's been really been coming on in the past uh, month or so. Any other thoughts before we get to uh, three words, Ben? Right, yeah. So, all right. Hargrave had the good play. Derek Barnett was in the backfield a little bit more. It's tough to see him banged up. Josh Sweat had a couple of good reps. Brandon Graham's sack totals have fallen off, man. We need 10 sacks. The only thing I care about in the rest of the season is Brandon Graham 10 sacks. But he hasn't had a sack in the last couple of weeks. That's frustrating. Um, Yeah, no, linebackers are terrible. Safety, right? They put Kayvon Wallace as, as the single high safety. They're, they're, they're like, listen, we're cutting Will Parks, and our replacement is Rodney McLeod. What? So they put Kayvon at free. And it was horrible. And right? Gabe, Gabe was Jones. involved in the uh, Aaron Jones touchdown run where he was greased yes, up exactly. depth guy breaking seven tackles. Yeah. Yeah. Kayvon went to go square up Aaron Jones in space and <laughs> it did not go well. Uh, Kayvon was involved in more fights with offensive linemen than he was involved in tackles for the Eagles, <laughs> which is suboptimal. Uh, obviously, we, we love how scrappy Kayvon is. That's just not the role he played at Clemson. He's not he built like a, uh, a free safety. You want a guy to have range. He's a lot more about quickness, a lot more about stickiness. He's the sort of guy you'd maybe want in the nickel. Too bad you already have Nickel Roby Coleman and Jalen Mills playing there. Uh, so I have no idea why they were like, let's move McLeod and move him back there. When they had Epps in there, they had Epps of free safety. Uh, none of that worked well. They're sitting in cover one man, and they don't have a impact player at free safety. And I know we've talked about this. This is a tough thing to talk about because it's so hard to see when your safety is not impactful because safeties are so infrequently on the screen. Mm. And, and most good safeties like Jesse Bates and Justin Simmons, a lot of their really good plays are plays that they deny or plays that don't even happen because of them. But if the Eagles had an impactful single high safety, it'd just be so much easier to play man coverage. They don't. Uh, and so when you get your deep outside shot to Alan Lazard against Avante Maddox, Marcus Epps is nowhere near it. 
right? And when Maddox gets burned, that's your safety net. And right now it's a sixth round pick from the Vikings who's not good and is a special teamer. So like that's that's where you are. So deep safety remains a big problem for the Eagles. Uh, this is a decent draft to address it. I doubt that they will, uh, especially if it's Jim Schwartz. But you're, I mean, you're very, very right, right? Like the, the Eagles have no talent on defense besides the big money free agents that they try to pay for. Uh, and that's because Schwartz is not a, a good eye for talent. He's not a good developer. So they continue to put bad players out there and get burned for it. All right. So let's go to three words because we got to get out of here. Ben, of course, on the preview show was like, hey, Michael had this up before the halftime of uh, or at the halftime of the Sunday night game. And then Ben decided to cleverly omit the fact that he was going to be late because he had a meeting at 745 and was not immediately available uh, for this recording because Ben is trying to set me up and and turn popular opinion against me i get it it's fine stabbing me in the back as always but the the one i sent you pen in the dm it's it's a gift but it's it's really funny to me gene Worley the third at base gene uh what do now and it's the the gif of charlie but you have to see it in the mentions number two let's let's talk about <laughs> some quick uh, uh draft ones actually so there's two of them uh cory at cory zinho says top five pick uh and then adrian at mr Chagi says chase or Parsons talking about the wide receiver from LSU, Jamar Chase, also the linebacker from Penn State, Micah Parsons, or is it Mika? Micah. Micah Parsons. I said it right yes. the first time. Yeah. So, Ben, let's just throw up the fact that the Eagles don't value the linebacker position at all, as we can clearly say. And let's say we live in a universe where the Eagles would take a linebacker in the first round. Or let's just say it's you as the general manager, which... As it rightfully should be, the prince that was promised. <laughs> Correct. You take a Chase or you take a Parsons? Chase. I like Parsons a lot. You just, you're not going to get the same value out of a top linebacker as you do out of a top receiver. Uh, it, Eagles fans might be triggered by hearing this, but it's a very good wide receiver class. You probably can <laughs> wait on it if you want. Historically, um, would you say it was historic even? And historic wide I mean, like every year is going to be a historic wide receiver some, class. Some We're going to Alab- be doing this forever. Yeah, because uh, Alabama exists. That's why. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, yeah. So, yeah, Devonta Smith had a wild game. Now, uh, Jamar Chase is still absolutely nuts. Uh, I think if they're picking top five, then that's probably the, the guy that they're going to be targeting, the guy they want, unless they are going quarterback. Uh, if they're going top five, I'm praying they trade back, you know, get have somebody else go take a quarterback. You get a bunch of first round draft picks. They're fixing this roster. Um, Knott's Juventino, who's uh, been a longtime listener, says modicum of excitement. Yes. This is the first time I felt anything in a while for an Eagles game, that's for sure. Right. Like I like you, like, you know, like we we got excited. Like we like it was exciting to see Jalen Hurts out there. And yeah. that's where we are, which is kind of sad, but it's okay. I absolutely one hundred percent lost interest in watching the defensive snaps after the after Hurts came in. I wanted to sim to offense and right, I wanted exactly. to see exactly <laughs> yeah. what happened. The fact that the, the Packers had that turtle drive where they were like, run, <laughs> bubble screen, run. I was like, Yay! <laughs> Thank you guys. Like, this is so nice. Um let's see. Uh Alyssa B at A Boward ninety one, loyal listener for a long time, says emotionally torn human. Yeah, there's a lot going on with the Eagles. Try to figure out you want him to win do you want him to succeed do you want this quarterback to to play well do you mm-hmm. not want him to there's a lot of different moving Ooh. parts of this thing that we're gonna have to work through m savage 901 says the chase continues with a gif of jamar chase you get it man they're gonna be all in on chase this offseason aren't they that's gonna be that's gonna be the guy right have you watched him what was that have you watched his 20 touchdowns and his belenikoff award-winning season i watched him last year yeah for sure yeah then you should feel excited about this okay he would be a good pick yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> we've we've got a couple of riffs. Watching Wentz hurts, benching Wentz hurts. Hurts's last name being Hurts is really inconvenient for this current context. Yeah, whole game hurts from Tim Kruger. SLC Eagles fan, SLC Eagles fan says Howie right now, and there's a GIF 
of a young woman who has set something on fire and the text in the gift says chaos panic disorder my job here is done <laughs> don't exactly know yeah if that's how it is but that's okay uh and then the last one i at i am better than you look in tunk <laughs> tunk is that trunk t-u-n-k is that because Look. Jason Peters has pictures of Jeffrey Laurie stuffing bodies in the trunk? <laughs> in his trunk? Right, but it says tunk. T-U-N-K. I think he's drunk, so maybe Look. that was supposed Look. to be trunk. Look in tunk. <laughs> Real thought-provoking end to this show, Ben. <laughs> Why don't you say goodbye? Any last thoughts All that caps. you have, and then say goodbye to the gentle listeners. Look in tunk. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Kiss and Solak show here on BGN Radio. We appreciate you uh, swinging by. We hope that the Jalen Hurts installment has revised, uh, revitalized your interest in the Eagles season. It certainly has for us, the three A and one birds who still remain firmly in the playoff hunt, Michael. Uh, face the New Orleans Saints next week. Yet another, I believe, nationally televised game, so we can all wallow with the nation in our pain together. Drew Brees is potentially off of IR, but he may not be ready to play, which means we could get Taysom Hill versus Jalen Hurts and let us cross our fingers because that mm, fun would truly be a spectacle. <laughs> this was the recap show. As we go through the week, we will have the preview show for that Saints game, and hopefully when we uh, go through that, we will know who the quarterback is and can prepare you accordingly. For all of your Jalen Hurts breaking news and analysis, you can follow BleedingGreenNation.com, and you must subscribe to the BGN Radio Podcast on whatever app you listen to the feed. He's Michael Kist on Twitter, at Michael Kist NFL. That's KST. I've been Benjamin Solak on Twitter, at Benjamin Solak. That's S-O-L-A-K. I almost forgot Mike's at there, even though I've said it 215 times. Thank you so much for listening. We all we got. We all we need, fly eagles fly.